Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. That's how it works. It boils down to relationships. Relationships is key, and you invest in that with the, with an intelligent, wise mindset and the trajectory that, yeah, this is a business, and but most importantly, it's two humans interacting, and there's a lot of value in that. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week, my guest on The Portrait System is David Lee. David is a portrait photographer in Scottsdale, Arizona, where he provides an intimate luxury experience for his clients. And when I say intimate, I mean it in the way that he creates deep connections with his clients by getting to know them and what their needs are. David finds this to not only be personally fulfilling, but it also helps him with making big sales. David talks us through his process of creating a luxury experience and what he shares is really interesting. It was a pleasure chatting with David and to learn more about him. Okay, let's get started with David Lee. Hey, David, welcome to The Portrait System. How's it going? Hi, Nikki. It's going fantastic. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for taking your time out of your busy days. I know you're a, a busy guy these days. I do a lot. I, I try to stay busy. It keeps me out of trouble, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You know, before we get started into your story and just your business and how you do everything, let's give the listeners an idea of what your business currently looks like as far as what type of portraits do you shoot, you know, what genres do you include, and just that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I do both uh, portraiture and headshots, and I, I do kind of create a dichotomy there. The headshots are a little bit more of a headshot crew style that I offer people, and it allows people to come to the studio and uh, be exposed to the gallery and be almost like a pre-consultation, if you will. Ah. So, because everybody has, you know, people have families and 
there's all kinds of stuff that can happen there. So on the portrait side, I specialize in the, in the fine art canvas. Um, I do offer folio boxes and whatnot, and I love that dark, dramatic Vanity Fair style. Mm-hmm. But I offer it in the sense of family portraits, uh, couples portraits, individuals. I think it's really important to bring people into a, that kind of natural setting where they can be as dramatic as they want to. And sometimes that's in the context of couples. Sometimes it's individuals. Sometimes it's families and, and every you know, young and in there is, is uh, trying to get their own pose on and, and communicate <laughs> the power of who they are. And, and then at the end, I'm, I'm focused on the heirloom image. I'm focused on creating something that empowers the family when there's division and, and reinforces unity and reminds us of who we are. So I do focus on the, the 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 inch canvases to create a piece in the home that will stay in the home and be passed down to the generations. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, this is really cool. And your work kind of reminds me of something you would see like back in the day and like, you know, royal families that have these like really powerful portraits, but done in a more modern way. It's like really is these classic just power pieces of art of, of you and your family and your home. It's really cool. That's what I'm drawn to. I love the old classical feel where people were you know, often nowadays people are ashamed. They feel that it's it's vain or mm-hmm. um, some sense of pr- too prideful to have something of myself in the home. And I, I see it quite to the contrary because if you look at the history, you find that humans take great pride in the progress that they've contributed to society and to the growth that they've experienced as a person in the context of family and individual growth, etc. And to have someone come in and create a portrait and to, as a reminder, and it was always empowering. It was always almost a proud kind of, I'm looking, you know, at all of the the victories in my life. And I think that people rightfully so should feel much more pride in a good way, no matter what their age is in life, than um, shame or hiding. I mean, if you're eight years old, it's taken a lot to be eight years old. I don't want to be eight years old again. If you're 68 years old, you've gone through a whole different milieu of issues. And so mm-hmm. it's just respecting yourself and presenting that, I don't know, that, that the feeling of being proud, the feeling of being confident, because a lot of times we don't see that in ourselves. So having a permanent reminder reinforces a, t- a permanent personality change, which is something yeah. I try to encourage with clients too. So, How do you kind of combat that when like this objection that people like, oh, I, I don't, I don't need a big wall portrait like that. And I know obviously like what you said is very like deep and, you know, meaningful and powerful but like like do you have sort of points that you make when people come at you with that I do a lot of that's contingent upon the consultation because for me it's all about relationships and I am an open book with people I share my sufferings I'm you know I jokingly say the majority of of the experience is, is meant to be therapeutic and so we talk as humans and I try to and I believe I've become more and more gifted through personal experiences, my own sufferings, the vagaries of life to make someone feel comfortable shedding and sharing who they really are. I mean, half the time my consultations involve both of us tearing up. And so with that kind of relationship, I guess the context is not one where someone is automatically saying that. They, they, they're already a little bit closer to the truth. They're, they're already a little closer to being authentic as they've been um, in the past. So when we go into concepts of, of pain where we're discussing simultaneously victory. And, and I make people feel great. I, I remind them unashamedly so that, hey, you're amazing. And I don't have to know the details of your life to know that. But then the more details of their life I get, the more I reinforce it. Now, 
there are people that are that are stuck on that, but I remind them that that's not their voice. And it's, it usually gets through to people that the decisions that they're making about their life are, are in such a major way influenced by other people's voices in the past, parental voices, mm-hmm. peers, families, loved ones, sure. unfortunately, the closest ones in our lives. So I remind them and I ask them the question, is this your voice? Is this the seven-year-old you that would you know, put a cape on and get in front of the mirror? Or is this the you that's been conditioned and beat down? And at that point, I'm so forthright with people. A majority of the time, they're like, you're right, this is crazy. I wanted a, a personal branding session, but bring out the silk chiffon. And, and that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, something we talk about a lot that, you know, Sue always talks about and that we talk about in this podcast and everything is building these personal connections. And it sounds like that is kind of a lot of the backbone of, you know, building these lifelong clients with you is is truly being vulnerable yourself and really building that connection. Yeah, I, I've, I started this as a therapeutic means for me. And I've tried to stay true to that, which has helped me not even deviate from my the, the branding look because I do it, I do it for me. But I treat other people the way that I want to be treated. And I know myself enough to, to feel safe assuming that other, I know what other people need. Because when it comes down to it, they're very basic things. The patience, being listened to, being understood, mm-hmm. having meaning in life, being able to be yourself without being attacked by people. And when you can provide that as quickly as possible in the context of it being a stranger, me, it gives them hope. And, and then I don't rush things. We sit down. Oftentimes, consultations can be an hour and a half of personal talk. And then at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the pricing. And I'm yelling it from the balcony. (laughs) So it it does become a side issue because when they leave my studio, I I hope that I've emphasized that it's meant to be a transformative experience. And there's no value in it for me if I'm capturing something that is uh, not, if it's inauthentic, but also if they leave the same kind of person, I just don't have a lot of meaning and value in my own life and my own destiny and what I want to bring into people's lives. So it is an emphasis and I take great joy even if I don't make a sale, quote unquote, because there's other quantifiable variables that are involved in, in bringing value and creating value in my life and in their life. So authenticity is key. Transformation is key. And developing a relationship where they feel safe around me automatically turns into a personal relationship where the byproduct is them wanting to show appreciation, I guess, for the companionship and the authenticity. And, and that you know typically plays itself out in a beautiful canvas that I go to their home and enjoy putting up with them and, and, and enter into their lives. And, and, and so, yeah, lifelong clients is very important to me. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. Now, which is great. I mean, it's great for business. It's great for the heart, you know, just everything. Yeah, yeah, all around. Yeah. So I want to back up a little bit because you've mentioned that you do the consultation and that sometimes people come in just for the headshot and then you convert them into this, you know, full kind of portrait experience client. So how are you starting to like, are, are all most of your clients starting as headshots and then you're converting them or like, how does that whole process work? I bring in clients a lot like I think people should invest their money, you know, a different <laughs> seven or eight kind of streams of, of possibility. So which is they great. come in from different ways. Uh, there's, a lo- there's a referral concept that I heavily rely on, which is a slower process. It's a long-term process. And that is a, the trajectory is very specific demographically, and it's an investment into the community. And that's lovely. And that's typically, you know, a fine art canvas portrait client, if you will. Um, but then I also do, you know, the, the normal marketing and advertising here or there, which I could actually do a little more of. And if a headshot client comes in, someone just, you know, wanting to, uh, oh, I just want a, one, a quick headshot. Well, I've already talked to him on the phone. 
I'm already engaged with them. I've already taken them out of this. You know, I, I, I rely heavily on saying, hey, listen, I just want to fill you in in how I differ greatly from other photographers. I really believe in this and this and this. Let's make sure we're a good fit. I, I'm almost playing hard to get, if you will. So I'm not like, come in, come in, come in. I'm like, let's just make sure. There's another headshot mm-hmm. photographer down I the like street. That. So I'm, I'm already setting this precedence of like, of anti-desperation. And so when they come in, they've already been conditioned, if you will. And then they see the studios. And then I have you know the front gallery room, which I have large canvases. You sell what you love. You sell what you show. And then they go to the headshot station and they see the canvases behind me. And then I typically, just in a very nonchalant way, give them a consultation so they never think they're getting a sales pitch. I just turn around and I point to the modifiers in the canvas and I say, oh, that's more, that's my fine artwork. And then I hand them a brochure or a card or whatnot and talk about their family. And in many cases, I've already talked about their family. So you're always kind of being investigative in a sense when you're talking to someone, gathering information, being able to bring that back to them and show and prove that you're listening to them. So over time, you know, someone's married, someone, uh, we've talked about self-value. So right away, they qualify for a portrait in their home. And I talk about how I do self-portrait work, which is a huge uh, sale for you know, men, especially in my case, where I'm like, hey, don't be ashamed to get, get in front of the camera. And I don't make it a success or failure based on if they go to the portrait. It's just that they're always talking about me. They leave and they're like, that headshot experience was great. And then I have clients call back and say, listen, I'm saving up. You know, maybe I wasn't in the demographic. You charge a lot. And then a year later, they come back with their family. I just had that. I had a woman come in. She had headshots. A year later, she just uh, a few weeks ago, she brought in her husband. And they did a, the power couple, about three, four, five portraits that I created for them. And they were already talking. The guy was really nervous after the session. He goes, I can't wait to do this every year. You're the photographer for us. We're going to invest in the fine art process. So as you can see, you can change people's minds. And it might be worth going into even an involvement um, yeah, I think it's very relevant. I also invest in demographically local magazines, and I decide which kind of magazine I might be wanting to expose my brand in as doing the, for the cover. Um, and these, these can be local magazines, but they're very specific, and my relationship's very specific, and I make sure that it's worth my time and that there's value involved on both sides. But with that, I'm having clients come in who technically as a complete cold call. And so I share this because I want to encourage people how transformative you can, you, you can be, how impactful you can be when you have a client in. These people are saying, oh, I'm going to be in a local magazine. I insist on an imper- or a phone consultation with them, but it can be pretty brief where I stand myself out, set myself apart from other photographers, add some value, add luxury, get their brain thinking. But when they come in, they're being photographed for a magazine. They're not expecting to spend anything. And in that context, throughout the shoot, I kind of shotgun them and jokingly so say, oh, I'm so sorry. Typically, I have people book out a month and we're in here for hours talking about things. But I do want to provide you the opportunity if you're interested in these images in a personal level. And so, again, they're exposed to a, a reel that's constantly playing of a, one of the canvases in my gallery that's being made by canvas craftsmen and being stretched and all the canvases are around them. So by the end, if I'm successful in what I'm supposed to do, they are beside themselves with joy. They've had a therapy session. It's a few hours later. Um, makeup and mimosas, if you will. And they're like, you know what? Let's come back and have that reveal. What was that reveal thing you were talking about? <laughs> Where we get to see it on the... And I said, you know what? Let me just say, I'm so sorry. Let me at least tell you the basic pricing. So, you know, I want to, you know, Images start at 340 a la carte. Or right away, I'll just say canvases and or uh, portraits and, uh, and wall art start at 3000 and go up from there. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, great. So right away, I can tell based on the nuanced responses that, wow, that, that went from I wasn't going to spend anything 
and I don't even want to be photographed to I want to have a canvas. And, and that's possible if people realize how much opportunity there is to invest in other people's lives every moment you're in front of them because we're all after the same thing. So provide that thing and uh, people will want to be around you. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I, one comment when you said, you know, sometimes you say things like, let's, you know, we'll have to see if we're a good fit, if, if we're a good match. There's something about the scarcity mentality. Like, of course, you do that for you to make sure that that's a client you want to work with. But also, there is this sort of mentality, well, like, what? I might not be able to? Like, you only have limited spots? Well, oh, my <laughs> God. You know, it's really the psychology of selling. Like, part of it is psychology of selling. I mean, the, the scarcity of it. If there's only a few, well, I want one, and I'll pay more for it. So it's smart. It's smart to do that. And then the second thing I wanted to ask about is, so you had said that you were talking about your canvas pricing after they do the shoot so they don't know so you do the whole shoot and they don't know what it's going to cost or you do educate them ahead of time it depends on the person i mean everything is so specific i mean i i can't emphasize enough how much i analyze people when they're in front of me and and what they need in that time is a little different some people and i'll even tell them that hey by the way i've got some pricing there's two types of people in the world some people that want an elaborate informative response and they want me to and i jokingly like you know animatedly so like pretend like I'm rolling out this huge piece of paper. And I say, and other people just want the facts. Do you, do you, do you want I, which, which kind of, what kind of person are you? And, and I, so I give them a choice. I'm not really even asking them. They put themselves in a category. I do that same thing with consultations and shoots. Like, hey, some people want to come in and get out. Some people want to stay forever. What kind of person are you? So it brings them in. But a lot of times people want, how do I put it? People are very... Sense, overly sensitive to a sales kind of approach. Yes. We're, we're overly, mm-hmm. we're over, we can smell it. It's just, ooh, we're, we're done with that. And we, we want authenticity. So I don't just believe in the absence of a salesy mentality. I believe to the, to the, it's quite all the way, the pendulum all the way the other way. So I do things that are very unexpected in a situation where I'm selling something that's $15,000. I don't bring it up. I act aloof, I act nonchalant. I know that these are actually behavioral traits that reinforce a level of confidence in me. So there's a level of exercise and, and self-value and working on who I am and presenting myself with more, or I should say less insecurity with less self-value issues. But at the same time, it's quite effective because they feel safer. And they should. They should feel safe around me because it's not really about the sales. I love changing souls too. It's amazing to, to, to bless somebody and change their life. But because of that, we've done this whole shoot. And I know that the value is everything. It's not always about the money at all. It's about the experience, the memory. How do you make somebody feel? And after a session with me, from what I hear and what I see, people have a great time and they feel rejuvenated. And when you taste life, and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I've done a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of counseling, given it to people, marriage counseling and such from a history in the past. And so tapping into someone and giving them value, making them feel a sense that they have not felt in months, maybe years, and you do that with crushing them with authenticity and overwhelming them with grace and love. And so when you do that, coupled with, oh, by the way, do you want one of these? Because obviously the, I sell them. This is a, you know, a portrait studio and there's mm-hmm. gallery and everything. By the way, do you want one? Well, of course I want one. What do you mean? Well, okay, okay. Well, I'll see if I can get you in for a reveal like all my other clients and we'll look at them the way they should be look, looked at. And then I tell them, hey, I'm going to work on all these. And, and I'm honest with them. I'm, I'm not your five-minute editor. Sometimes I'll get an image and obsess over learning new things and it'll be like seven hours later, you know? <laughs> and I'll jokingly say that to them. Hey, 
you know what, I might spend six, seven hours on each one of these images. So you'll hear from me sooner than later. I'll have you back in. It'll be great. And then you'll decide which one, which one, notice I said, you want to put on the wall. And then I just shower them with a bunch of value. I say, by the way, I didn't tell you any of this, but I can take a picture of the wall, put some more thought into this. Not a lot of people put beautiful art in their home, and this is going to be of you. So right away, I'm talking under the context of them already saying yes to me. And I said, so send me some pictures of your walls. Let's put a measuring tape out. Let's think of 30 or 40 inches. And what's the best that every day you walk past this piece of art and everybody else that visits your home, they'll be reminded of how powerful you are. And they're like, okay, ta-ta, you know. So it's very nonchalant. I don't, I don't leave saying, cha-ching, sale. <laughs> it's, well, that was, a, as I invested in that person as much as I possibly could invest in them. So the, the, the result is out of my hands now. Yeah. And, and that's the way I like to feel at the end of, of, of interacting with people. As far as it depended on me, I controlled that situation. The rest is up to them. And that way I can move on regardless of their decision. Now, and the reason I brought that up is I, I don't want people to get the idea that, like, you can just have clients in and do this whole shoot and then be like, oh, yeah, and by the way, it's $3,000. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I want yeah. people to just to understand that you have a very specific strategy around all this. You have a lot of experience with you know, interacting and communicating and, you know, all of these things. And like you said, you're, you're adding this kind of more of a therapeutic element to what you do. So I just didn't want people to get the idea that it's just as easy as, you know, like you do have to educate the, the client about price. Yeah. Let, well, let's touch on that because that's important that, you know, yeah, I wouldn't want people to misunderstand because I'm, I'm the complete opposite of any, anyone even feeling like they might be having like a bait and switch or, oh, I had a great experience, but now I'm finding out that it's a million dollars. No, no, not at all. So let's yeah. look, okay, let's talk good. about another client who calls me and says, hey, I want to shoot right away. Same process. Let's see if we're, if we're a good fit. But I insist on the consultation and I, I try to go right for the uh, in-person consultation because then you have all the visuals and I believe a lot in the facial expressions and the interaction. With that, it's full education. But a confused client says no. Yep. So again, I clearly communicate that we're going over pricing, we're going over details, but I spend a lot of time explaining the process, the value behind it, walking around, showing them things, talking about personal things, and really not pushing, again, any salesy, let's stay on topic and talk about portraits because I have another client coming in in 15 minutes, like none of that. Just a very, we're having a conversation. But within that, and again, it might be the beginning, it might be the middle, it might be the end. I do make sure, hey, so... Images start here and go up to here. And what I like to do with my pricing is really just let them know where they're at. So if I say images start at $6,000 and go up from there, the only question after I talk to them is if they're going to spend six, twelve, eighteen, or twenty. Um, so I make sure that I can read them. But when it comes to someone who wants, if you're selling folio boxes and a lot of different products, then of course you're going to take a little more time to elaborate on those things it, without confusing the client. Of course, what I'm doing is selling a one piece. So typically we can go right to, oh, that's going to be $6,000. Okay, I'm comfortable with that. And then, then we move forward. But education is key. It's key. I overly educate people and I want people to feel so... Customer service is really bad in most companies. I think it's horrendous and how people are treated. So you overwhelm people in a good way with an amazingly refreshing, informed feeling, no fine print kind of takeaway mm -hmm. and feeling like they can trust you completely because they should be able to. So yeah, definitely in the, uh, in the general situation, I, I educate as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as let's talk a little bit about pricing, because I know you said you do headshot, like the headshot crew, like Peter Hurley style. Is that something that you do like 
you know, $100 an image type situation? Or how do you price your headshots when they're first coming in? Yeah, that's a good one. And I'm, I'm going to be changing a lot of that here soon. But currently, I had the headshots and I wrestle with this as the more of a quote unquote affordable. So I was going with a $300 session fee, $120 an image, no packages, a la carte. Just bring people in, we do the session, and uh, they choose their images there. And uh, over time, I'm realizing there's a difficulty with that because then I, for basically an arbitrary reason, tell them that my, my portraits or my you know half body shots over here are, are 340 hour mm-hmm. And then there's just, when you're lacking explanatory power and therefore have to speak more to your client, it's like you, you need to clarify the situation. So I'm actually leaning towards making those the same price. Uh, but that being said, I'm also entertaining not selling smaller a la carte myself. Uh, and it's a jump that I want to make where I might not even include digitals and uh, really just only provide the, the canvas to, to further you know, clarify that that's what I want to specialize in. But it's about experimenting. It's about seeing how your clients respond. Yeah. It's about seeing, you know, you, you have to try something. And if it's like, if it's a cookie cutter response and you're just waiting for, you know, a mentor's advice to work, that's not going to cut it. You have to take your personality and your personal situation maybe even the season of life that you're in and make those changes. And that that's when you find your sweet spot. And sometimes you bounce back and forth. And But as long as you're going in the right direction, that's, that's how you're responding to clients. That's how you're bringing them in. And then um, on top of that, with the pricing, I've learned over time that really people do not have a hard time with pricing. They, they have a hard time. It's like a dog. You know, when, you, when you're around a dog and you get really scared, all of a sudden a dog that doesn't attack all of a sudden like bites you because it's like you're giving off this I'm afraid vibe. Uh-huh, when, totally. when, when you're communicating that, even if you have high prices, if you're communicating that with your demeanor, with your spirit to somebody, they can just feel it. And they're like, I don't know why, but I don't want to be around you. So lower prices does not make you more effective. And I'm learning that more and more and more. And I think next year I'll look back at this year and be like, shame on you, David. You should have raised your prices. And then the next year after that, it's like personal growth. It never ends, you know? Oh, you're right. It does never end. But you brought up a good point is, yes, it is important to learn. And whether that is through an online, you know, platform membership, in-person conferences, mentors, whatever, you have to get out there and do it yourself. I mean, we have a lot of photographers who have literally taken every course, they've hired every mentor, they've done everything, but there's this like failure to launch type thing when, man, we just have to get out there and do it. Like the way I started at the very beginning is not how I operate now because I did exactly what you said. I went out there and I tried it and I tweaked it and I decided what worked and what didn't work for me personally with my business and my life and my family. And it's like, yes, you can start with a basic business model and like a, a concept and a plan. But if you don't get out there and try it and see what works, it's, you, you can't do it. Like no one's going to do yeah. it for you. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's because you can't, you can't teach people intuition. Mm-hmm. Like if I do something intuitively, it'd be wrong for me to sell the fact that I'm going to sell them that level of intuition. So that's the nuance that I think I'm referring to. So that people take this this something that another mentor built or someone they admire and they try to replicate it perfectly, but they're, they're missing the, the intuition that that person intimately involves in their decision making and likewise we all have this different level of intuition so that's the change that's the chameleon the the water like well okay well who am i and how do what does this look when i apply it and and the the situation that i'm in and so changing proactively is is really really something that can can take a business from failing to success and it's up to the individual to implement that yeah yeah how did you decide on 
pricing for canvases? Because I, I noticed on your website you have this video that shows it's like this this guy who is clearly just passionate about making canvases. Like, like how did you decide on on doing it this way? Because it's very luxurious feeling. You know, so it's like clearly your target market is luxury. So how did you decide yeah, on all yeah. of this? I have... Uh, <laughs> Kind of funny. I, I still offer folio boxes if people want it, and um, I, I'm the type of person that comes across an idea, loves it so much, I don't have to think about it anymore. It starts tomorrow. It starts now, <laughs> and I just fell in love. I guess I was in tune with the idea that you sell what you love, and there was a dissatisfaction in my soul in regards to the folio box and the product. And some people have that with just the specific product itself. You know, they go from you know, uh, distressed leather yep. to, to something else. And I'm like, okay, that, I really like that. So I had that feeling in my heart. Like, I just wanted something that mm-hmm. satisfied me personally without taking into consideration whether people thought. And the larger canvas, again, if you look at the consistency with the, you mentioned earlier, that traditional classic proud family in the olden days, I think of large. I think of it being as big. I don't think of a small little king and queen on their wall, on their castle wall, on a brick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's large. And it has this ornate gold frame and everything is detailed and there's, there's time that's put into it. My grandfather was a woodworker and I've been artistically inclined. It runs in the family. So I wanted to see more of that oomph, that emphasis and in creating more of an artistic piece. So I, uh, right away I decided I had a client coming in, a quick story that would tell you, a client coming in and they were going to go towards a folio box. I had mentioned canvases, but they were, uh, I didn't have any really good ones on display in the studio. And right away, it was about an hour before their, their reveal, I just took down a bunch of small prints, took some scotch tape or whatnot, or, or a masking tape, and I built this uh, you know, display on the wall with a permanent marker that said, you know, 20 by 30, 30 by 40, <laughs> 30, you know, and it, it went up to like 70 inches. And I put the pricing on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to be here in 45 minutes. And people overthink, I overthink all the time. I just put prices. I was like 3,000, 6,000, 9,000, 12,000. It'll change every 10 inches. It'll grow up that, just like that. So I waited till they came in and I showed them the, the reveal and I went over and said, and again, a lot of what I do is anti-sales. I'll say things that should not be said so aloofly, so nonchalantly, I guess. And I say like, oh yeah, you know, and of course, in, with regard to your uh, home, uh, 30 inch, uh, 40 inch, 50 inch, 60 inch, three, six, nine, 12,000. So let me know. And I just go walk away. Walk away like I need a glass of water. And I hear her turn to her husband and say, hey, we're going to have to go big. That, that wall's big, you know? And he goes, yeah, most certainly. So, and that turned into a $17,000 sale, right? So that was the decision-making. The done is better than perfect. I'm not waiting for gold trim displays. I'm using tape. Let's do this. And that's worked for me if you do it strategically and not in some sloppy fashion. You know, you have intent in what you do. Yeah. So, Right away, I mean, not only am I loving the, the idea of it being artistic and quality and a time, uh, time being put into it, finding people to create a canvas for me that I trust as an artist, that, that I admire. Those are things that are important to me. I hate handing my work off to someone that I'm like, well, they're not good at what they do. Therefore, my work is no longer good at what, at good, period. You know, so I, I want anyone involved to be great. And now it's making me more money. And it's, in theory, easier. I, I spend way too much time on 20-image folio boxes, and now I sold to that. That couple with the $17,000 sale was four canvases for their home. Mm-hmm. For, the fourth, interestingly enough, was for their walk-in closet. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the opportunity is there, and now I love the larger canvas, so and people can feel that when I speak about it. 
and I'm able to display it and I can really take pride in the quality of the product that I'm giving to someone. Again, as far as it depends on me, this needs to be heirloom and it needs to uh, stand the test of time. And so that, that uh, practicality, being pragmatic about it, the effect, efficiency of it working and the fact that I really love it, you know, all those ingredients demanded that I move forward with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to back up a little bit. You had said, you know, you use the tape example where, you know, it's it's so funny. It's almost like you fake it till you make it to, sort of thing. Like Roberto, Absolutely. Roberto Valenzuela was on not too long ago, and he's telling a story about how he did a wedding show. He had never shot a wedding. And like three mm. days before, he got someone to let him do it for free. And then he like he said, if you look back at the what I had posted up on, at this like wedding show, you would have laughed. But he put his prices really high because he's like, if I don't, they're going to think I'm like a cheap, bad photographer. But if I put my prices right, really high, right. you know, and he booked a bunch of weddings and it just kind of reminds me of that where I don't know if I would have personally the confidence to be able to do that at the beginning, but some people do and it works and it's like, Oh my yeah. goodness. Let me just tell you a quick story if I may. Sure. Can I share this? Okay. Cause there are people out there that if they try this, it'll be disastrous, disastrous, right? This, it does take a certain kind of person, but there's a lot of people out there that, that are that kind of person. And, and they're not tapping into that because of fear. And I get it because I have been, I have so many insecurities and so many fears and so many things in my life I have been set back or put on hold or put on the back burner because of being afraid. And, but the story is, is of every time in my life that I experience a victory, it's going against that fear, moving forward and saying yes. So when I, before I'd even picked up a DSLR in my life, ever, I was at my friend's wedding and I was in the wedding and I noticed their photographer, they had two of them, were just doing a horrible job. And just as an artist, I was just being, I guess, critical. You know, I had a couple beers in me and I was like, can I have the camera? Like they're making them jump up and down. I'm like, this is my buddy. And so they, they surprised me and said, yeah, here, here my, here's my camera. They handed it to me. Obviously, it was on automatic everything because I didn't know what I was doing. I took the bride and groom off site and just had fun. And did things in dark shadows and said for them to embrace. I thought cologne ads. I thought CD covers. I thought magazine covers. Like we're bombarded with, you know, all that sex appeal and coolness mm-hmm. and shadows. And why not just copy and paste? And so anyway, I didn't think anything would come of it. And fast forward a, f- a few months later and I get an email from the bride's sister saying, I saw your work in relation in comparison to the other photographer. I want to hire you to do my wedding in Vegas. So I did what any normal man would do that didn't own a camera or anything. And I'm like, sure, why not? So I borrow my brother-in-law's DSLR. I jump on YouTube for like five hours and try to learn how to use, you know, what a flash sounds like. What is this? What is that? And I get, um, you know, one speed light, one camera, one memory card, and I drive to Las Vegas to do a wedding at night. And it's like, that sounds like a nightmare, but and it could have been a nightmare, but I did it. And they love those images. And it's just moments like that where you have to say, <laughs> you know what, there's a risk to this no matter how I go about it, but how am I going to go about it? Because I, if I can regret it and not do anything, or I can move forward and I can learn. And I've never looked back and regretted some of the things I've done, even if they've involved drastic mistakes, because that's what forms our character. That's what gives us an opportunity to grow in life. So avoiding those possible you know, turbulent times is really avoiding the opportunity of growth. You mm-hmm. know, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think... Like putting it out there, that video of this guy creating those canvases and you can see his process and he has like, you know, you can see in his hands that he's been working like the, like, you know, just the way and everything, the way it's filmed. It's really cool. And I feel like 
when you show that sort of behind the scenes, you're commanding a higher price. Like it's it's like not even you wouldn't even question why it would be starting at three thousand dollars for a wall portrait because you're you're like seeing all of it. But what if someone like doesn't go to your website to see that video? Are you infusing, you know, the kind of luxury part of mm-hmm. what you do into your social media and talking about it? And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the context of how I present my brand is always under the, you know, the luxury banner. I don't deviate from that. And I'm very, very careful to even show up with the wrong crowd. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, I treat myself as a, as a billion dollar local company. And what I do is contingent on how I'm speaking to someone, by what means, right? So I, I, I'll, I'll go about it via phone with them. And I will go out. I have no problem having a 30-minute conversation. Like I said, the, the nature of the conversation gets lengthy. It gets intimate. It gets personal. They feel safe with me or they don't. And if they do feel safe, which most do, we move forward. And I take that opportunity to inform them. The way that I speak about the process shows that I love it, shows that I'm into the art, shows that it, it costs. Um, I might involve them in, I mean, I might involve them in the, the complaint of overhead, like the fact that, wow, I mean, I spent, people only knew how much money I spent on this frame not being the cheap frame that somebody think, you know, was overpriced for. And I'll, I'll involve them. I mean, people like to complain together, so that's a no-brainer. <laughs> and they'll be, like, they'll be like, yeah, that's crazy. I hate buying cheap stuff. And I'm like, I know. That's why I charge so crazy amount of, I, I charge so much money for, and I'll exaggerate. I'll be like, you know, I have a client still mess me up. What's the pricing? You know, I'm standing up, so be easy on me. I'm an old lady. You know, and I'll text back. I'm like, I only accept Bitcoin and Maseratis. Ha ha. I mean, most <laughs> business owners would not do that, and I do, and they expect it. And then so when I, you know, respond with, well, it's only 3500 for the canvas, they're like, oh, no worries. So how, how you're talking to someone provides you with only limited amount of resources to emphasize a point. In other words, the phone is limited visually. So I, I'm, it's going to be voice inflection. It's going to be how confident I come across. It's going to be practicing delivering a message that's actually believable because you believe it and align that person to get off the phone as far as it depends on you saying, I just spoke to a luxury business. You know, that's the way I feel. And they don't have to think consciously. It's all subconscious, which is fine with me. But if you're with someone, well, then yeah, you want to have a my, my front gallery room has larger canvases. I put a 70-inch canvas, or it's like a yeah 76-inch canvas up in the front room just so that they were overwhelmed with how large that is because a 76-inch canvas is very, very big, and all of a sudden a 30-inch canvas is very small in contrast. So then I have the in-person advantage where they see my face. There's micro-expressions. I'm showing them that I'm serious about about everything. But meanwhile, I'm not dressed up with a suit and tie either. I mean, I have a V-neck and joggers on and and um, long hair and scraggly. And, and I'm making it very clear that, you know, I'm not there to appease them. And I'm not trying to beg for their business that, that I'm an artist and welcome to my abode. And uh, <laughs> let's decide if we work together. But it's surrounded with nuance. And then I'm vision with them. I'm relaxed. And again, when's the last time you went and had a consultation in the context of spending thousands and thousands of dollars, but would rather have a personal conversation with the salesman, if you will, that you're talking to. It doesn't happen. You're not like, oh, yeah, like, let's talk about my wife and kids. It's like, get me out of here as fast as I can. I hate being sold to. So I know, based on the end result, that I'm headed down. And you, you don't have to call it luxury because it's just, it's just this idea that I'm, my, my time is very well spent and this is full of value. This is full of quality for me. So everything reinforces it. The relationship, 
the conversation, the quality of the product that I'm selling, the quality, aesthetically speaking, of the portraits that I'm creating. And then the experience itself is going to feel like a luxury experience, not in a cheesy way. And you know that's important to point out. We're not here to just pretend like it's a luxury. We mm-hmm. really want to add value. A lot of people with a lot of money, you can you're not going to impress them with money, or but, but you're going to impress them with with really tapping in. So you can communicate luxury by someone going, ah, at the end they're like, this is luxury. You know, it can be a spa, it can be a resort, but I just had a break from life. Here's my money. So I mean, in reality, that's how it works. It boils down to relationships. Relationships is key. And you invest in that with the with an intelligent, wise mindset and the trajectory that yeah, this is a business, and but most importantly, it's two humans interacting, and there's a lot of value in that. And, and those are the type of clients that want to come back, that visit every year, and then you're building a business that you don't have to create a bunch of new business, but that people are busy talking about you because you've really impacted their lives. And I had to add on to that that fights the the imposter syndrome. Over time, people coming back to you and you seeing people smile and them saying how they've affected or how you've affected them, it chips away at that false view of self so that you can say, my goodness, I'm changing people's lives. And then you feel more comfortable about your pricing. Then you feel more confident. Then you come across more confident. Then you get more sales. Like There's a snowball effect of goodness that comes from investing it and making it about the value and the relationship than than making it just a mere business transaction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It it does seem like you kind of go above and beyond with that connection building, which, like you said, it's going to get people talking about you. And that's so important. But like, so once you get someone in, you know, with you physically there or on the phone or whatever, and you could begin this whole process, like I get that, but talk to people about how are you getting people in the door? Like what is, and I know you said you have multiple, you know, lead generating type situations, but like, how are you getting people from, hey, you know, I'm kind of interested to like, now you're coming in and we're talking? Yeah. I don't spend a lot of money on marketing at all, actually. I agreed with myself to make this a long-term game so that I would be faithful to higher prices and therefore be consistent as a luxury business. So I don't try to get people in in that sense. I'm going to have some people work with me and help me and engage a little bit like in that, in that area, but be careful. I'm very careful about how I market. I don't see a lot of marketing from Lamborghini dealerships, mm-hmm. right? So I always take that kind of in mind. So it's slower. Now, there's a context to that. If, if my sales are $8,000 or $10,000, I don't have to have as many clients as someone who's making sales that are $1,200 or $800. So I'm patient in having the right kind of client come in. One source would be, for example, which is this is actually available to most people in the United States, is getting involved in local magazines that are in influential neighborhoods and making your presence known, but not in any way desperate, just being content with getting involved in those local communities because that is actually becoming slowly but surely the guarantee of my business is not only its success, but the, the thriving factor because I have a lot of people that are in influential neighborhoods that do have the wealth, that do have money. And I've focused on making myself a parent. It's like showing up at a party and not saying anything to anyone and then leaving. And I'm like, well, why didn't that guy say anything to us? We're very important people, you know? So there's a lot of psychology involved there where if I can have people talking about me in either a good way or a bad way, in the right neighborhood, in the right demographic, then people will come to me. And that's actually just proving to be true over time. And the trajectory of that will be over the long haul 
uh, sustainable in and of itself as a luxury business, in my opinion. That being said, there's the, you know, the natural things, the marketing. I, I do proactive things as well, but in a different nature. I'll give you an example with the headshots. I wanted to bring a lot of headshot clients in because, again, that can be the first step prior to a portrait session in the future. But even if it's not, that's fine. And I, t- I sent a message first thing in the morning to a, an actor's academy, a local actor's academy. But you wake up, you take the initiative, and you send a message, and you say, hey, this is why you should consider me to s- sending all your actors to me. I'm the new studio. I do this. Mm-hmm. This is how I do headshots. And here's a link. I make it very easy, not too long. I make sure it's very personal, and I let it go. And I had her respond the very next day saying, let me tell you why I'm hiring you. I've never had anyone reach out to me and just ask me. And your work is amazing. Let's do this. So most of the opportunities, I, I, how do I mean? I'm, I'm communicating myself as a luxury business to everyone around, but I will also walk from business to business in my business complex, walk in there, startle these businesses that don't even accept clients and say, hi, I'm the fine art studio right down the street offering personal branding sessions and headshots. So, you know, you don't find it's, you take on the role of everything and you hold your head up high with confidence and knowing where you want to be, but you have to be willing to do the dirty work as well. So mm-hmm. there's the network. There are networking events. I've felt them out. I don't waste my time. But again, you find the right event. You show up. You know, Don't show up if you're going to be desperate. Show up and just be there and make yourself known. And at the end of the day, people want to be around you. And of course, the, one of the questions, if not the first that comes out of their mouth is, what do you do? You know, And you're just ready. You're ready to say, I'm not here to pitch you. But since you asked, let me share with you the goodness that I offer. You know, And then from then on out, I think uh, there's a different opportunities. If you have a studio, for example, I say on many t- occasions to people, hey, you should stop by the studio. I'd love to show you some of the art that I do. I'm not even telling them about a portrait, just to show them. People I'll say, I'll talk about people's passions. I have people say, oh, I wish I was a photographer. Oh, you know, you should stop by the studio sometime. We'll take 10 minutes and I'll show you how to use a window mm-hmm. and take better iPhone pictures of your wife. And he's like, you would do that? And I was like, absolutely. Let me get my calendar right now. Boom, Monday at 1230. I have someone at the party that I would have otherwise said ta-ta to and hoped he called me. And he's there. And what does that meeting turn into? Does it turn into a 10-minute sitting by the window, I'm just there to teach him the camera? No. It turns into, gosh, no one's ever personal. Yeah, I know. You know, I've never been invited over to someone's place of business without it being some crazy pitch. Yeah, (laughs) I know. It bothers me too. And I go, but you know, and then right away, but you know, I'm really expensive. And if you end up liking me, you're going to spend thousands of dollars in the future. So you can leave now and I won't hold it against you. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, it's it's just chit-chatting with another human being in a real way. And at the end of that interaction, regardless, regardless of, of if he go books again, what, what's happened is I've built a relationship. There's a lot of value there. And that person is now talking about paparazzo film. And, and out of the people you talk to, that someone will call me to book the shoot. That type of momentum, I think, will provide exponential growth if I'm consistent with it. Yeah. And, you know, so there's, there's the unorthodox way and then the orthodox way of marketing. And yeah, for sure. It reminds me of back when I, I used to really do the networking meetings so often and so consistently because it, it wasn't about me walking in and being like, I'm gonna, how many shoots am I going to book this meeting? Like, it, no, it was about <laughs> me building relationships because I knew I was way more expensive than the other photographers that were at these meetings. I knew I had some work to do. Mm-hmm. And, and to show them you know, not only what they were going to get, but that they were going to trust me. They were going to know, like, and trust me. And yeah, it's, it's, that's exactly what it comes down to, whether it's with a luxury brand or personal branding or newborn or, you know, whatever it is, whatever we're doing and selling and whatever people have to know, like, and trust us. And they have to be 
feel connected to us. And we're so much more successful if we do it that way. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of this wisdom and knowledge that you have, David. You know what I didn't ask is tell people where you're located. We didn't talk about that yet. Yeah, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's uh, North Scottsdale. It's a studio. And it's, it's actually in a, a business complex. It's a bit discreet. So it's upstairs. I have some lovely window light that I don't always use because I'm, I'm using the strobe action. But three different areas, the gallery room and the shooting room. And then there's a hair and makeup room. So there's some privacy factors there. And But it's a lovely place. It's a lovely place uh, location in Arizona that I, I went out of my way to uh, strategically uh, place myself. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I do have a couple more questions for you that I always ask at the end of each episode. Would you be willing to answer those for me? Absolutely. Cool. Okay, the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Authenticity. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. (laughs) Well, yeah, I didn't know if I was permitted a lengthier answer. Yes, you can. I'll, I'll go as far as exaggerated authenticity. I always tell my clients, like, I want them to feel that they're tapping into something great. And I feel insanely defeated if anyone leaves my studio. I don't care how great the quality of the portrait is. If they leave and they're the same person as when they showed up or just exhausted because it was all more time out of my day and they didn't tap into Mm -hmm. who they are. Like that is Mm -hmm. for me, that's where it's at. I, I genuinely care more about that than anything because that shoot is dead to me. It's a waste of time. I mentioned earlier I do things for my own therapy. And I want to see people transform because that's a mission that I hold myself to. So if I have a shoot without that, then yeah, maybe it's a big sale. Maybe it's a great portrait. But at the end of the day, there was a, there was a drastic failure there on my part that, that I, it's very uncommon, I, I'm happy to say. As a matter of fact, I don't think anyone's ever left feeling that way because I put so much emphasis on it. It's, it's an absolute necessity to leave feeling happy. There is no reason why someone after being around you or anyone else can't leave feeling more joy, more happiness, more, uh, more security, feeling good looking, uh, simple compliments and, and consideration can make someone feel so good. So there's, there's just no excuse for someone ever leaving my studio and not feeling a, an improvement that they can take with them into the future. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a lofty goal, but uh, it's something that's interwoven into every session I have. I love it. It's, I, I love the way you put that. And it's something that I exactly feel the same way about. I never, I've said this before. I never was able to like quite wrap my brain around how to, how and why I don't want my clients to leave feeling like exhausted. I almost want them to feel like they would, kind of want to spend a little bit more time with me and do a little bit more, like leave them feeling like on top of the world. And I kept thinking like, just, you know, you can't overshoot, you know, you can't, like, you have to watch your client's energy. And if they are like dipping down and diving, you got to cut it off and get them, you know, end on a high and all these things. Anyways, just the way you just put that is really, really great. Cause that's, Mm. yeah, I feel like you just kind of put it all in a nutshell. Every, like what I've been thinking. (laughs) Good, good. Thank you. Very cool. All right. Next question is, how do you spend your time when you're not working? Oh, I I do a lot of things. My passions before photography was philosophy and theology. Mm. So I've I've been a pastor for 17 years in the senior citizen home. So I spend time, I do funerals, I do a lot of bedside visits. And once a week, I go and play the bongos. I have other volunteers where I give a sermon to a community 
that I've learned so much from. Most of my friends are 85 years, 95 years old. And uh, so I spend a lot of time in ministry work. I do independent scholarly work in regards to like ancient manuscripts, theology, philosophy, debating the existence of God using wow. modern cosmology and Big Bang, you know, Big Bang cosmology and reason and all kinds of stuff that really have helped shape who I am, different debates or lectures. I do a lot of um, research, a lot of research into uh, biohacking and helping my family and other people with uh, different symptoms that they have that I've discovered over time are, are directly correlated to diet. And so I, you know, I do a lot of different things. I spend a lot of other time in different areas of art as well, you know, whether that's uh, playing instrument, which is on the minor side, I don't spend as much time, but that life is full of opportunity, whether it's writing poetry or investing in yourself, investing in others. Got to admit, I spend a lot of time in the work nature of things. But as I think the listener can tell, what's important to me is to not divorce any of those other loves in my life and to incorporate those into my business. So you're going to see the pastor. You're going to be the theology, the philosophy, the psychology. You're going to come in contact with that kind of person because that's who I am. And I don't shut that off. So I guess if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, wow. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> like <laughs> you definitely um yeah you have a lot that you do in general yeah it's been amazing but it's you know amazing. what it's, yeah it's I, i'm just now finally getting involved in charity work like i because of, let me just say this because people might, might be saying well he's in, you know investing in this brand and you know does it matter if it appears luxurious it does my brand alone I went to a, I was on a, a theater stage just a week or so ago. And because of my brand, I was able to speak about helping the youth get into the theater and, and get into this musical and help fund it. And my brand alone raised $8,000 at this live auction. And that is, was a very important moment for me where I realized I had built something that was powerful that can get involved in the community and continue to help. So people need to realize that this business that you're creating is not only going to empower your family and you and change who you are, but it really enables you to change other people's lives. So that guilt of taking people's money and being overpriced should be overpowered with the drive and the passion and the love of all the money that you'll have to bless other people and to make a change in your community. There should be no guilt or shame if that's your objective. You mm -hmm. know? Totally. Very well said. All right. Number three is, what is your favorite inspirational quote? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> that's a hard one. I mean, right away, I go to a simple one, which is just love others. You know, it's a mm -hmm. biblical mm -hmm. reference. I mean, it boils down to loving others because within that is a lot of more meaning. This patience, kindness, not taking into consideration the wrong that someone's done in the past, the, the bitterness, the all the things that we want so desperately in, in life. So it's a simple quote. To, to love others is important. I think that um, there's another one that's been very important to me, which is a, a quote by the poet uh, Charles Bukowski. And he says, go all the way. You know, if you're going to do it, go all the way. Mm -hmm. Or I don't do that. it. Don't do it. Don't do it at all. If anyone hasn't ever read the poem All the Way or by Ch Charles Bukowski, Go All the Way, it's a definitely a motivating morning read. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. All right. And number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? Oh, you know what? F have a why that's strong enough that will break walls. You know, have a, find your why. Ask yourself why. why are, the why will carry you. The why will carry you through the criticisms that come sharpest from loved ones. The why will carry you through the self-doubt. 
the why will carry you through the desperation of saying, who needs a why? This isn't working. Because the fact of the matter is, is that there is adversity when you start to start and create a business. But most of the real problems, that's a motto of my life, like stop with all the fake problems. The real problems are coming from within your own mind. So when you have a why that drives you, you don't need to rely on someone else being your motivating factor. You don't have to rely on anyone being the contingent reason that you are where you are. You'll, you'll drive yourself and the why will drive you. And you can change that why. It can be your why. It could be the wrong why, but it's got to be yours. And that, that, that's so important. And I would connect that with the self-value because the problem we don't have a strong enough why is because we lack self-value. And that's why Subray so strongly impacted my life because I was driving home with tears in my eyes when I first was exposed to her in her podcast on self-value. And here I am at night, tears streaming down my eyes. And I stuck to that being not only what (laughs) converted me, if you will, but also what touches the hearts of others. So photographers need to have that self-value high enough Mm -hmm. so that their why is high enough. Because sometimes our why is so small. It's not energetic enough. It has no power in Mm -hmm. and of itself. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't drive us. And we're relying on something that it, that's bound to fail. And that's that's sad. So prevent that. Have your why. Hold on to it. Do not share it with the other people. Do not share your dreams with other people. That's one other thing I'd piggyback on too. Stop sharing your dreams with your spouse. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> like you, you want to have your dreams. Show your spouse your dreams when they come true. Unless they have to be involved. Because other people, it's hard enough to have your own dreams. You have to talk yourself into it, slap yourself in the face, remind yourself who's in charge. You can't do that with another person. They're too in control of their perspective and you'll exhaust yourself simply trying to get them to believe in what you are trying to believe in. So have your why, work on your self-value. And then on top of that, don't share your dreams with people. That's not going to help with your excitement. Temporarily, it will. Over drinks, you're happy about the future. The next day, they're going to be like, so have you done that yet? I don't know. It's been six (laughs) months. I don't know. Doesn't look bad. You know what? I like you anyway. Even if your business isn't doing as good as you thought it was, don't worry. Well, I never said I was worried. So all of that chips away at your why. It chips away at your self-value. So drive yourself with a why. Keep it to yourself and believe in yourself. The more you cultivate that, the more it'll become a reality. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Very good. All right. And where can people find you online, David? My website is www.paparazzofilm.com. That's P-A-P-A-R-A-Z-Z-O-F-I-L-M.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of your wisdom and knowledge. This has been really, really great. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me on. I just, I'm super humbled, super honored, and uh, I just really appreciate your time. Yeah. Will you be at the Portrait Masters Conference? You know, it's it's kind of hard. I, <laughs> funny enough, I'll be at the Graffy Studio open house, but I'm on a strange diet. I don't eat the food. I don't uh, drink. I won't be sleeping there, and I have shoots throughout the week. So if there's a way to get me, at, <laughs> if there's a way to get me at the Portrait Masters at a reduced cost of like, hi, I need to show up for an hour to say hi to people, then then I'll be there. <laughs> Let me know. Let me know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. 
There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs, I mean truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's suebriceeducation.com.